Welcome to another episode of the Double Comma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. So today we're talking about interest rates and how volatile they are right now and are going to continue to be. So it's Tuesday morning. Let's talk lending. Thanks so much for joining me this morning, Nicole Ruth, if we have not bumped into each other. So Russia and Ukraine, I don't know why this seems so unreal to me. When I think about an actual war happening, it feels like it was lifetimes ago. And to hear what's going on right now just seems surreal but it's affecting our interest rates so that's why i want to talk about it now of course it's being captured all around the world on TikTok and on uh, instagram and it, everybody is making this a very public event which is causing russia now to back the train up a little bit and think about can we hit our goals in a more diplomatic way love that idea okay so when you think about how easy access public information is today and using your phone and making it go viral will change the course of decisions right especially when you think of government decisions and russia thinking that they could just go into ukraine maybe under the radar it's just not going to happen anymore so all of this is affecting our interest rates and that's what i really want to talk about today i don't want to go political and i don't want to step on that landmine but when you think about Russia, it is a massive country that owns a lot of raw materials and commodities. So I'm thinking about it from an economic perspective. So I've got the largest country when it comes to commodities and raw materials in an environment where we already have a supply chain issue, now all of a sudden, whether it's because they're in wartime and they close their borders, or because other countries who don't agree with what they're doing put sanctions on them. Either way, those actions will cause a constraint on the supply reaching the market. They're the biggest source of oil for the European Union. So now if I'm going to war with Ukraine and I'm no longer delivering that oil to the European Union, all of a sudden the price of oil goes up, as does a lot of raw materials. And a lot of raw materials that you don't even know the names of that go into the other products that we use on a daily basis, right? So whether that's the metals or other raw materials and gases and oils that flow in and create the ability to build the technology or the platforms, the automobiles, the appliances, whatever those things are, the multitude of pieces and raw materials that go into those products. I mean, how often do you think about that? I don't. I'm just going to own it. I don't. I don't think about the fact that Russia is the biggest commodity source for the world almost, really definitely for the European Union. I don't think about that. I do when this happens, right? Because all of a sudden it's a thing. Now we're upping our game and we're producing more oil and we're shipping it to the European Union to offset their lack of supply coming from Russia right now, which is going to help the dollar, of course, right? So all of this, though, plays into the fact that we've got supply chain issues already. And so we're going to see additional inflation 
should Russia continue forward with this war against Ukraine? Now, if they can find more diplomatic answers to their problems, then maybe we won't see it impact inflation as much as it could. But if it continues down this path, inflation is going to go up more up than it already is. And remember, the consumer price index, the CPI, just came out last week at 7.5%. The PPI came out this morning up 1%, but it didn't really affect the markets at all. So if that, which remember that PPI, that, that that's a wholesale number. Now, if this Russia and Ukraine situation continues, we could see that number jump next month. But this is going to report on last month, so this wasn't happening yet. All of this is affecting, because what we have going on right now, in addition to the value of the dollar and how that affects the economy, you also have this flight of safety. So as a flight of safety moves their money, people are selling out their Bitcoin, selling out their stocks, because if we might see a war, we know it brings turbulence. Markets don't like turbulence. We actually saw that, and I'll bring this up again, with the whole Bullard situation last week and the turbulence it created on the market. But that's part two. Let's stay with part one. The market doesn't like turbulence. So as we hear things like this going on in the world, in our world, in a very small world, it impacts and people want to sell their Bitcoin and sell their stocks and sell their riskier products because Stocks do not fare well, typically in wartime, and with inflation going up, people are moving their money to the safety of bonds. Now, what interestingly enough, day one, that happened, and we actually saw rates get a little bit better. Not a lot better, but we saw some movement in the right direction. We immediately gave that back when Russia said that we're going to find a more diplomatic answer. Because now it's like back to business as usual. So I don't need to put all my money in the safety of bonds. I'm just going to keep raking it in in the stock market right now, right? So this thing can happen very quickly one way or the other. What we saw last week, let's talk about that for a minute, because we'll continue to watch the Russia and the Ukraine situation and to see how that affects our interest rates and how that affects our ability to purchase. Because I was just talking to Kara on my team and she's looking to purchase a home and she was quoted 3.75 and three days later she was quoted 4.125, right, for the same scenario. Now, she's high balance, so let's talk about that, right? But let's go back and just talk about the interest rates because the interest rates for high balance are different. I do want to touch on that, but I want to talk about the fact that the rates jumped. And when rates jump like that and move around and they move around based on what's happening in the world and what's happening with the Fed and what's happening with inflation, it affects your affordability. So Cora is purchasing a property where the loan amount is going to be in our high balance suite, right? So now remember, I have conforming loan limits that went up. I have high balance and then I have jumbo. So you think of it as a Venn diagram, right? So you've got conforming and you've got jumbo that can actually go all the way back to conforming. I can start jumbo a dollar over the, con the national conforming loan limit. But in this space right here, I also have high balance. And it's the 640 to 680 range. And it's odd numbers, but that's about the range. So in that 640-ish to 680-ish, I have the choice of staying with conforming or moving over to high balance. Well, I'm most focused on my choices when my choices affect my interest rates. They also affect my ability to get a loan, 
right? I mean, jumbo loans are more strict, but there are AUS jumbo loans. And what does AUS mean? It's the automated underwriting system that we use for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So it's a conforming underwrite. So there are jumbo loans that use conforming underwrites that don't require additional reserves. Now their interest rates might be a little bit higher because it's a little bit more risk than a full doc jumbo loan that requires two years of everything. So definitely you wanna be asking the question based on my loan amount, do I have access based on my eligibility and my documentation to go with a jumbo rate? Because the jumbo rates are slightly better in a lot of cases, not every case, than the high balance. Because remember, Sandra Thompson, at the beginning of this year, flipped the switch and switched it so that second homes and high balance loans were gonna cost Americans more to pay for, not because they were more risk, but those people who could afford high balance loans and those people who could afford second homes were gonna pay for those people who couldn't. And that was clear. And it's been clear since the beginning of this administration that their focus is on home ownership and the affordability of. I don't, I don't mind that. I, I actually like that. I want everybody in a home. I know that 75% of the 80% of the wealth Americans is in their singular home, right? Not the top 10%, not the top 20%, but the 80% of Americans, it's a lot of people, 80% of Americans, 75% of their net wealth is in their singular home, one home. And that was 63%, remember, is the number I used to quote. And now I'm quoting 75% because of appreciation. What about? the number of people in the 80% that don't own a home. They just lost 75% of their opportunity to build their net wealth. They're only living with their little 401k or their in, uh, investments, right? That gain of wealth is where we sit and what I love about my job. But let's go back. The high balance, right, is, co is costing more now. It is because of the changes that Sandra Thompson just made. So that sweet spot of the high balance, which used to be a really sweet spot because I could do the conforming underwrites uh, and get higher loan amounts, now is going to cost me more. So I have to look, should I jump over and jump into the jumbo pool? And if I am W-2 or if, even if I'm self-employed, if I have two years of supported income on my tax returns and I have the reserves and the credit scores, I'm going to go with jumbo. A lot of times, not every time, but I'm going to look at that as an option because of that high balance, especially if you're up against the line. Because what if that jump in interest rate put you right at 50% debt to income ratio? Now, all of a sudden, my options start fading off. Now, I have high balance options that go even higher than that now right? So I could still look at the jumbo, but I promise you, if you jump into a jumbo over 50% debt to income ratio, that interest rate is going to be higher. It just is because the risk is higher. High balance, we know interest rates are going to be higher. Less down. I have jumbo loans with three and a half percent down. The interest rates are going to be higher because the risk is higher. All of that has to come into a conversation that we need to be having because if you're not being strategic, right, you're leaving options off the table. And we don't want to do that. We want to bring them all up on the table, explore all of it together so that we know the best solution that gets you the highest approved loan amount so that you can get the house of your dreams.
So back to the interest rate situation. So we talked about the fact that interest rates just jumped up because we've got what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And this is going to affect those people who have been in a pipeline, your pipeline, my pipeline, who have been looking for a home. And now all of a sudden, those homes that they were dead set on and they've been looking at, which are now costing slightly more because they've been looking for the last six months, 12 months, 18, 24 months, those home prices have gone up. Now the interest rates have gone up. Their affordability might have come down and it could not be more important than right now to have those conversations and realign buyers expectations because there's nothing worse than getting under contract or looking at that home using an old lender letter that said I was approved up to 700,000 I get that 700,000 I'm really excited about it I go back to my lender to run numbers now I no longer qualify at 700,000 because of the increase in interest rates don't do that to yourself it is absolutely heartbreaking i know it is right you go into that seven hundred thousand dollar home and you fall in love with it and if you can't afford it anymore and if you don't have the ability to get creative with a gift or buying down the rate or paying off mi or any of the number of things that we go through with our clients to help keep them up there right we go through so many options to keep them up there but if we go through all the options and for whatever reason it doesn't work it's heartbreaking. So be proactive before you go out shopping this weekend or whatever day that is that you're going to go looking at homes. Just revisit those numbers. Make sure that you're dialed in. Make sure that that interest rate is kind of secure as far as it, you know where that gets you. So interest rates are going up with the Fed as well. So let's talk about that for a second. So last week on Thursday, we had the rates jump up. And that's because the CPI came out and because Bullard talked about wanting to raise the Fed rate faster, right? So there are three Fed meetings between now and July 1st. There happens to be a fourth uh, Fed meeting at the end of July. But he specifically said and came out of the news, he was on CNBC this morning, said it again, that he wants to see, now he is a voting member, but he is not the be all end all, right? He's not the be all end all, he's one voting member. But he came out on CNBC and he came out last week on Thursday, which is one of the reasons why the rates spiked up as they did, is because he came out saying when CPI came out at 7.5%, he said, I see no other way than to jump on this. We're behind, um, we're behind on our actions on addressing inflation. I want to see a 100-bit change increase in Fed rate between now and July 1st. Well, if there's three Fed meetings, that means the first one needs to be 50 bips, then I'm going to get 25 bips, then I'm going to get 25 bips. So I'm going to go up a half a point, then a quarter point, then a quarter point. So I'm going to raise that Fed rate, which is right now zero, what's the range, it's a zero to 2.25, up to 1%. And he wants to do that in three Fed meetings. And then he goes on to say, and we can actually raise the Fed rate in between meetings. What? So not only do I want to do this faster than we've been talking about, I want to do it like all the time. Come on, right? So what the American people want to see is a path that's designed and stays consistent. That consistency allows me to feel secure in the manner in which the Fed is addressing the Fed rate and where the markets are going. Nobody loves surprises. All right, maybe you love a birthday surprise. I don't even like a birthday surprise. <laughs> so nobody likes surprises, right? 
So if the Fed, if Bullard comes out saying that he's going to, or he wants, he's going to vote for anyway, he wants faster increases in Fed rate, well, that's going to move the market. Because interestingly enough, an increase in Fed rate in a high inflationary market should actually support lower interest rates on the 30-year fixed. Because that increase in short-term rates is going to taper inflation, taper the economy, which is going to settle long-term interest rates. It's going to bring that two-year up and that 10-year down. We could start to see that change where the two and 10-year inverts. And when that happens, we know we're heading into a recession, the economy is slowing down, and interest rates will drop. Not a bad thing, because the housing market is super strong. The housing market will not lose value in a recession that we see. We're just going to see a slowing down, allowing the demand to slow and allow supply to catch up, because we've been in a constrained supply environment. We've got to calm the, the demand down. Rising interest rates short term will do that, but then long term interest rates should go down because of the slowing economy. So when Bullard says I want to raise the Fed rate faster, theoretically our 30 year fix should come down, but it didn't because we don't like surprises. So the CPI inflation's up, Bullard comes out claiming that the Fed has lost control and we've got to do, we got to take control back. And then all of a sudden we see this jump in interest rates. And then Russia says that they're going to invade Ukraine. And we see uh, actually the markets don't like that because of the um, uncertainty. But interestingly enough, that's when we saw flight to safety. We saw our interest rates drop down a little bit until they came back and said, oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. These TikTok videos are going viral. We're going to be more diplomatic. All of this impacts our markets. And all of this impacts our interest rates. And our interest rates impact affordability. And affordability in a tight inventory market like we have is something that needs to be addressed on a daily basis before we go shopping for homes. Because we, if we're right up on the line, we could lose that home that we're so excited about. Conversations, knowing what your numbers are, knowing how tight you can get them before you tip over, and looking at all the options and getting super creative. Well, if you need to get more creative, you need to give me a call because that is what I love doing. And if you need to know what you afford today or what your options are, let's talk. Again, Nicole Ruth, I hope you're having a great day. Have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com and subscribe.